Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah. I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that. To hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years, I've heard you preach. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. (laughs) Welcome to the session on Rise FM. This is where faith and life connect and sometimes collide. I am Scott (laughs) here with our life coach, Tom, and uh, this is the session on Rise FM. And before we even get rolling, It is important that I let you know that today we are going to talk about something that A, has Tom totally wound up, and secondly, (laughs) is a a pretty heavy topic, and we are going to use the word pornography at some point, maybe more than once, and uh, maybe several times. So if that is a a phrasing and a topic that maybe your children, uh, you don't want them to hear, then uh, give those little ears something else to do for the next 25 minutes or so. And, uh, and occupy them that way, or go back and listen to this at your, at your leisure, at your convenience, right. on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. All right, so today we're going to be talking mostly about social media's impact on our lives, and specifically on our kids. Yes. And, Tom, before we dive into this, because I know once we get rolling here, this, <laughs> this, this train, I'm kind of holding this train back right now just to keep it from just jumping the tracks. Yes. Before we go, let's dive into God's Word. Well, Scott, we better before the train wreck hits. <laughs> yeah, in 1 John 2.16, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but it is from the world. So, the desires of the eyes and and the pride of life that I think is so real that we are going to have the enemy uses it. And we're en route to a major collision of ideas, right? of family, of parent, of education. We see it in our in our world today, you go anywhere and right. you see help wanted. Right. Everybody's looking to hire somebody. Now, why is it there aren't, why nobody's working? Exactly. Why, why are people not going to work? And the the short answer, the incomplete answer, is that a lot of the people, you know, when you and I were kids, right. the rite of passage was you got the job at a fast food joint, you got your first job, right. you went to school, and while you were in school, you had your job at whatever it was. You know, I just watched the first episode of Happy Days last night. Uh, okay. You know, Richie Cunningham got uh, a job at, at Arnold's. There we go. You know, yeah. and that was the thing you did. Right. Now, our kids are sitting downstairs in our parent, in our basements watching screens. Right. What are they watching? It, that's the, And that becomes an important key. Right. And that... Okay, I guess I better just let go of the chain and let the train start rolling. <laughs> okay, this is where I'm, I'm probably just going to wind Tom up and let him go, and I'll talk to you in 20 minutes. Uh, 
<laughs> I had to kind of hold him back just to get started, <laughs> just so we could get it going today before we yeah. hit record. Yeah. Um, you had an experience at Ashland City Schools. Right. And I want you to start by sharing that okay. before we start going into this information from Jesse Weinberger. That's true. And then I also want to give the analogy that we talked about off yes, the air. Yes, absolutely. So, Scott, Jesse Weinberger came to Ashland City Schools. She talked to the student body the first day. Uh, as, as far as I know, fourth graders all the way through high school. Now, I could miss it. I'm not sure if anybody came before third grade. But what she did was she began to talk about the dangers of social media and how we have only just begun and how serious this is. She did a survey with the students, completely anonymous. Here's what's going on. This is what they said. And then she wanted to tell the parents and make them aware of what social media is doing. And what I have called in the past a, a teen culture that's happening that we are not aware of. Well, through social media, when we've talked about peer pressure, well, it's very clear that it's peer priority when it doesn't matter what mom and dad are saying. What are my friends doing? And if they're doing it, that's the priority. What was so sad, Scott, the entire school district is invited to this parent meeting, and about 50 parents, maybe 60 parents, show up. That's not even like the equivalent of one building in the district. Right. So that's what set the stage, and she began to open the eyes of those who were there of what's really seriously going on about social media. And, and the word picture, I think, is really good about social media is this, that if you look back in the 30s and 40s, people were smoking and it was a high society thing to do. It was all very open and people thought this is good and you had a certain status if you smoked. And There was a status to the kind of cigarettes you smoked too. Well, that's true. There were certain brands that if you were of the right caliber, you smoked that brand. That's true. They yeah. sponsored radio programs all over the world. And, and heaven forbid you were not one of those status type of cigarettes that you were smoking. Oh, yeah. And I remember my early days in radio in the late 70s. Uh-huh. I was the only member of the staff that didn't smoke. Wow. And we would sit down for staff meetings. They'd shut the door and everybody'd light up. Oh, my gosh. And I'm sitting in there gasping for air. <laughs> I would think you would be. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to cut the smoke with a knife. Well, or so. It's like you had to open the door, stick your head out, take a breath, and come back in. Hey, oh, yeah. You know, everything I had smelled like smoke. The mic, the microphone screen. Uh-huh. You know, I'd go do a break <laughs> and I'd go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and if it didn't smell like smoke, it smelled like beer. Right. It, that was just, that was radio in the late 70s. Got it. But anyway, okay, continue. So, I'm sorry. That's okay. And so by <laughs> so by the 50s, all of a sudden, the attorney general's beginning to say there might be a casual, catch that, casual relationship between cigarettes and lung cancer. By the 60s, they're pretty convinced. But if, if I'm re reading the history right, it wasn't until 1984 that they put a ban on it. So here's my point. In the same way that cigarettes, there wasn't enough research to say, hey, this is bad news. By the 80s, they figured it out. But by then, how many people had died? How many people were addicted to nicotine? And they were looking at a lung cancer, and they were looking at emphysema and congestive heart failure. That is not a fun way to go. 
when you have emphysema, you basically drown because of the fluids that build up in your cavity, uh, in, in your diaphragm, and, and you, your lungs don't have any capacity to breathe. You end up dying a pretty miserable death. And these people are hooked because there wasn't anybody in research saying, hey, <laughs> there's a connection. These dots are not casual. They're very real. And the whole point behind this is that's what's happening with social media. There's not enough people coming out there saying, what we have today is very serious stuff that a lot of adults aren't aware of or not doing it. Or they're saying, hey, when I was that age, I did it and was fine. But let me tell you, here's one example off the top of my head, that the drug cartels have shifted from selling drugs to human trafficking, Scott. Yeah. And so... The reason is is because they can make more money and is ongoing and they continue to get paid for it. So what does that mean? That means that they're finding ways to steal our children and that our children will end up in some camp somewhere in Cambodia maybe where the rest of their lives they're going to be sex slaves. That's sad to think about. But it is very true. Very true. So as we, when we will look at it, there is a comparison we want to begin to talk about is that social media and the ills that are happening on there are really uh, like the cigarettes in the 50s and 60s. Oh, I think there's a casual relationship here. <laughs> so shall we? Now uh. we shall dive in. Take a breath. Take a drink. <laughs> we got we got the train moving. That's right. Now we got to just keep it on the tracks here. Yeah, this okay. is just water. So Jesse Weinberger has surveyed seventy thousand students, and on average, and I want you to dig into this with the Ashland City Schools, porn consumption begins when children turn eight. Yes. So what Jesse brought out in the in the parent meeting is that. At eight years old, and, and we said Ashland, but Scott, I, we could talk about Ontario, we could talk about Lexington, we could talk about Clear Fork, we could talk about about any school out there. And it's not going to be far from what we experience in, in, in Ashland. Eight years old, they're exposed to pornography. Where is it coming from? How is that happening? Fourth grade. Yes. You and I didn't even know that problem, that 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 existed. Right. So in, in fourth grade, yeah, but when we talk about eight years old to 11 years old, at eight they're introduced, we're, we're talking probably second, third grade. An eight-year-old is pretty much in second and third grade. By 10 years old, nine, nine or 10, they are in fourth grade. But between eight and 11, they're introduced. But by 11, they're addicted. Now, fast forward to that in their early 20s, and they find Mrs. or Mr. Wright to marry, and they've got all this, this addiction that's been hiding under the surface, and they get married, and all of a sudden it comes out, oh, yeah, well, I've got this real issue. Do you know why the enemy uses that to destruct marriage? It's horrible. One of the things that came out of Jesse's survey among the students in Ashland was when they— what, some things that were said on the survey. That's right. The, Share some of that. Well, the, the survey, Scott, talked about fourth graders after they heard what Jesse was saying. In the survey, set, there was a little 
box at the bottom and says, is there something you want me to know that, and you're not going to tell your parents, a number of fourth grade students said, I will stop having sex. We're talking about 10 years old, Scott, nine years old. I, I'm not making this up. I saw it with my own eyes and heard it. As, as she read it and the, the graph showed up on the PowerPoint presentation. Unbelievable. So, so see, how does that happen? Well, the social media that's taking place in, in some of these chats that they talk about, and maybe the next show we can list some. I'll prepare a list of ones that are not good and maybe some that you should be on in some rules. So I think it's important to say that there are going to be some helps that we're going to do this. But yes. for today, our goal is to make aware, I hope, there's a real serious issue out here. It's worse than emphysema and lung cancer. So Tom's wound up, uh, <laughs> by the way. I've had a time to the chair. Uh, okay, so... We now have fourth graders saying, okay, I'm going to stop having sex. Right. I can't help but wonder where are the parents. Exactly. And and that's where we're going to get into helps next time. Uh, I, I can foresee this maybe taking three weeks. Um, sexting. Okay, let's, let's remind folks, because this hasn't been in the headlines for some time, what is sexting? Well, sexting is when you expose part of your body parts in a picture and put it on the internet. So, you know, young girls will want to uh, attract the boys or the boys think that this is a manhood thing and they're going to expose themselves and take pictures and put it on the internet. But what they don't realize is that once it's on the internet, it's there permanently. It's forever. Yes. And I don't think there's enough people saying that that to realize you could be then fast forward again into your adult life and oh yeah somebody brings this picture and shows you that I mean that's very real you're applying for a job right that deals with technology yeah and here comes somebody with a 10 a picture of 10 year old you yeah yeah you realize you're not going to get a job you realize that and, and that's <laughs> true so by the age of 10 Scott that sexting has started. So see, we're talking again about fourth graders. That's where it's starting. So how does that lead toward sex? Well, some young lady, a 10-year-old girl who should be very innocent is exposing herself in, in sexting. And the the boys are like, well, you know, then it, we're going to get this one in, in enjoy in their mind of having sex with her really not to mention the the trafficking part of it once it's out there it's visible and those predators know they can go after that that girl which brings up yet another way that this is happening when you're chatting with somebody online in social media they can put any picture up there they want this may be a 35-year-old who is looking at what are the potential ones to take. And believe it or not, they actually do that because in their mind, this is going to sound sick, and pardon me, it's like they're, when you look at a car, you know, a car salesman is going to be able to say, yeah, you land in this market with that car, it's going to be worth this amount. 
the sex traffickers are looking at where's the best value, where's the best dollar we're going to get, and that's the people they go after. It's a similar example, but it shows how sick this is because those 10-year-olds have no idea that there's a 35-year-old out there sizing them up and making a decision. And that's how the police catch them. So often, the police are the ones posing as right. a 10-year-old girl, right? and they get this guy to commit, and then they show up for the meet, and, and that's how they catch people. See, this, this I mean, this does blow my mind. Right. The stuff the 10-year-old, you and I would have never, this was not even entering the conversation Yeah. at 10 years old. We were more worried about, did we get to go outside and play today? Mm-hmm. And now our kids don't go outside and play. They spend their day on the screens. That's true. I had just put away my ticker toys by 10. <laughs> I was still playing with Lincoln Logs. <laughs> yeah. Get but, um. And so here's here's one thought that I have had. What if parents did that same thing, meaning they became somebody else. They posed as, you know, a 10-year-old friend and listened to what was going on. I've had that thought. I haven't really thought through all of it yet, if that's a legitimate thing. But it would help you get into their world to see what is happening. We've got to do something. There's something has to change And, you know, we talk about a battle for our children. Well, right now the enemy is having a heyday with them. For those who have given the cell phone and there there can be real battles over the cell phone. But, again, we're fighting a battle for our our children's lives. And this is not something that's going to go away with a government program. Right. Right. A government program is not going to fix this. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ is going to fix this. Right. And in the same way that on a grassroots level, as we see Jesus in it, we want to begin to hit different different medias, different communications, different strategies on a grassroots level. How prayer came out of school was a grassroots effort. Madeline O'Hara. She basically had meetings and began to do it on a small scale. We have to grow it. That's kind of the same mentality that's going on with LifeWise right now. LifeWise is on a grassroots level, and it's expanding and growing. And the same thing we have to begin to do to make aware of our our parents that your children are at risk. You wouldn't let them go to, to some mall and walk at 10 years old by themselves if it's a mall where there's danger because you know something could happen to them. That danger is happening in their own basement. That can't become more clear. And we can't let it happen. Exactly. So we've still got a little bit of time yet here, Tom, so we don't we don't have to wrap it up today. Good. But let's let's kind of continue going through this. Um, one place you can go, A, you can go back and listen to this again if you need to at the podcast network at risefmohio.com. Another place you can go is to addictionhelp.com. There are some things that there that, um, that you've got listed for us. Yeah, let's go through some of those. When we talk about what's the impact of porn on a person. Now, now Scott, in my office, I have seen this with... 20-year-olds and 25-year-olds, 
30-year-olds and keep on going, this, these are some of the impacts, is an isolation thing. When you couple, they're isolated because they feel guilt and shame, they don't want to get too close to people because they might find out their secret. It's, it's that old adage that we're only as ill in life as the secrets we keep. So this is a pretty big secret. Oh, and, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm not going to let people get close to me. And so it, connect, it makes for distant relationships. Porn leads to aggression and difficulty performing in marriage long term. One of the best, that's probably the wrong choice of words, probably one of the most important experiences is when husband and wife are intimate together. When that happens, what we're talking about is a, a very special thing. Christian psychology calls it soul ties. Um, writer Dr. Uh, Wheat called it, it's like entering the Holy of Holies because it's such a spiritual experience. And what happens is that when porn is a major issue, you're not able to enter in the Holy of Holies. You're not able to enter into that intimate time with your spouse because porn has robbed you of it. Wow. How are we doing on time? Do we have to uh, well, we probably should start thinking about wrapping it up, but let's okay. let's offer a little bit of hope here at okay. the end. Is that there are actually there's actually four other points that deal with self esteem and um, you know how intimacy is actually done once a porn addiction is in place. And that may be a little bit deeper than, than we can go here. We're going to talk more about this next week, and we're going to offer a, a bigger list of helps and maybe even some, um, uh, maybe even a few more things in that Ashland survey that came out that you yeah. that you got. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, Tom, let's what what's the one piece of hope that we can offer someone today? Well, well that's true, and I think one of the big ones is is we want to call upon the name of Jesus. George Barna talked about it in his research, that we want to help begin to develop a worldview f- with our children of those things that are important, that are valuable, and, and to understand what's going to happen if you end up having sex as a teenager. How does that ruin your life? How does that change your world? Those become really important. And we want to begin to get to a point where we can have those conversations and we want to have some safe things that we'll talk about next show up to put in place so that maybe we can manage cell phones and social media better. And I would invite you and encourage you perhaps to start a conversation with the children's director at your church, with mm-hmm. the youth director at your church, mm-hmm. to maybe start connecting with some of the local schools. Mm-hmm. How is this impacting? Mm-hmm. Are they hearing that this is going on? Uh, you know, maybe you can uh, Google out Jesse Weinberger and, and read more about what Jesse's doing. Mm-hmm. And you can get more information that can be shared because you're right, this is going to have to start in the church because it's certainly not going to start in the public school. They're mm-hmm. not going to be in favor of us doing this. Mm-hmm. The, they don't want the church's involvement in public school. Yeah. And if you want to fight with me about that, Scott at risefmohio.com. <laughs> I'm sorry that's how uh, I feel yeah that's uh, right in the meantime Tom 
someone start wants to start a conversation with you as a life coach of maybe about this issue uh, with their kids, how can they get a hold of you to start a conversation? Well, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. And before I let you go today, I want to encourage you to let us know if there is a topic you would like Tom and I to discuss. We have already gotten a couple of suggestions here recently, and we're working on them. Uh, If there is something you would like us to talk about related to the family, related to another addiction, related to faith in some way, you can always reach out to me. My email is scott at risefmohio.com. Scott at risefmohio.com. Thank you for joining us for this session. You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com.